Welcome to another episode of the Jimmy Rex Show. We got a lot of buzz in the state of Utah going on right now with the NBA All-Star Game right around the corner. And so I wanted to get on, I had recently on my podcast, um, a former NBA player. He's currently playing in the Chinese Basketball League, but that is Taco Fall. And what makes Taco so interesting, apart from being just a really fun guy to be around, he's actually from Senegal, moved to the United States when he was 16 years old. And uh, at one point, he was the tallest NBA player ever to record uh, measurement in the NBA for tallest person while wearing shoes. Uh, he also has the longest wingspan in the history of the NBA and the highest standing reach. So he's literally one of the tallest humans alive, one of the um, basketball players that just stands out everywhere he goes and just a really fun person to be around. So hopefully you enjoy this podcast. Um, let's get to it with Mr. Taco Fall. Uh, Taco, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I think you're officially the tallest guy I've had on the podcast. I'm sure. At this point. <laughs> that's probably the case everywhere you go, I guess, um, right? Yeah, yeah. Dude, seven six. That's got its own set of advantages and disadvantages, I guess. Right about that. You saw one of them going through this door, ducking in. Yeah, that's you have to duck to get into the door. Pretty right? much. What's the uh, What's the worst part and best part of being seven six? Worst part, um, you know, just. Nothing is really made for you. Clothes, shoes, um, cars, you know, showers, beds. You, you got to adjust for everything. Um, try to get a lot of things custom. Um, then pros, it's like it helps in a lot of other ways. Like basketball-wise, it's a plus. Yeah. Um, and just I'm, I feel blessed. You know, there's not a lot, a lot of people that look like me. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. I was I always wanted to be a little bit taller when I was younger, so I, yeah. you know, I see somebody seven foot six, and uh, man, that's uh, that's pretty legitimate. So where you're from, you're from Senegal, right? Yes. In, in Africa. Yes. And so, at what age did you discover basketball? Sixteen. Sixteen. Was that in Africa? I started playing organized basketball, and I moved to the states. Okay. Yeah. And did you move here? How, what was your journey to get to the United States? Um. So I met. A guy that had a basketball academy back home mm. in Senegal, and he came to talk to my mom. That's pretty much how I got started, and six months later, I was on my way here. So somebody basically recruited you from Africa? To play basketball, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. saw that you were really tall. Oh, yeah. Yep. How tall were you when you were 16? Seven, two. Oh, so you were already super yeah. tall. Yeah. That's cool, man. And so did you end up uh, living with that person here in the States, or how did that what, what? So I, I came here, uh, I went to Texas first. Um, he had a contact here. Um, his name is Ben. Stayed with him for a year, um, then kind of moved around a bit. Um, went, stopped by Georgia, Tennessee, Tennessee, Georgia, and then went to Florida. That's where I um, finished my high school years, and then went to UCF in Florida, too. Awesome. And so yeah. did they recruit you right away, or did you have other schools coming after you as well? Yeah, I did. I had, like, more than 20 offers, but UCF was close to... I met a family back in Florida. I stayed with them. They were really close to my family, and um, I was kind of close with the coach, too. He would come to see me, like, pretty much every week uh, at my high school, so we built a really solid relationship. Wow. And then when you were at UCF, I mean, you guys had a pretty fun little run there, right? Yeah, my senior year, we made it to the tourney, um, almost beat Duke. I think we should have won that game. But I fouled out like the last couple seconds. And were the refs giving them the Duke treatment? Yeah, I don't like to blame the refs, <laughs> you know, but I would say there, there were some questionable things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Well, when you're seven six, you barely touch somebody. It's gonna seem like you're yes, pretty hard. You're right? right about that. Shaq used to complain about that. He'd say like, like if he barely touches somebody, it, yeah, you know, it really hits him hard. Yeah. Whereas like other people can run into other him people day. can hit you all day because it don't it doesn't really look like they are doing it because it's so big, but yeah. it's still the same, you know. Yeah. Thing. So after college, I mean, you got drafted. Did you kind of have a preference of where you were gonna be going? No, I, I went and drafted, and I had the, from there. I mean, obviously you want to get drafted, right? But being undrafted gave me the flexibility to choose where I wanted to go, and I chose Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, in how many years were you at Boston? I was in Boston for two years. Okay. Uh, and then I went with Cleveland for a year. Yeah, nice. And you're a free agent right now. Is that yes. Right? Yes. Cool. So, are you currently like trying out for teams, or what's the process of being an NBA free agent? Um. The agent pretty much deal with most of it, uh, talking to teams. Uh, I played similarly with the Jazz as well. So you just pretty much talk to teams, see what teams are interested, what teams are not, and then from the pool of teams that are interested, you pretty much decide where you want to go. Yeah. Did you uh, live in Utah at all while you were playing with the Jazz? Uh, or were you I, in Vegas mostly? No, I, I just got an Airbnb. Uh, I had my brother with me pretty much all summer, and okay. we just been traveling all over the place. Guys, just going yeah. from one place to the next. That's cool, man. So is there, uh, when you came to the United States, was there a little bit of shock difference from where you grew up? Um, the, that part, I think, was easy. The hardest part for me was just leaving home and leaving my mom and my brother. Just everything else was fine. Yeah, are they still back there now? So my mom, she like goes back and forth, and my brother, he lives in Cincinnati now. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they came over after you did? Uh, yeah, my brother came after I did, yeah. And does he play ball as well? Yeah, he's young. He's 16. Oh, wow. How yeah. tall is he? About 6'5". Okay, so he's not as tall as you are. Yeah, but he's, he's going to be pretty tall. He's going to be pretty tall. Is he getting recruited right now? Um, he's getting there. He's, um, I mean, he's a sophomore now. Um, he got two more years of high school. Yeah. And then college. And then we'll see. No, right on, man. And so outside of basketball, what do you do to keep yourself uh, busy all the time? I play video games. Um, I recently started um, trying to learn how to code. Um, wow. But yeah, but mostly play video games, watch TV, just talk to my family. Yeah, I think it's one of the misconceptions that a lot of people have with athletes. I've been able to get to know quite a bit of guys, you know, the guys that played for the Jazz and stuff, and people just because you're on TV, because we know who you are, it seems like you're older, but you forget you're just kids, yeah. right? Like, how old are you now? 26. Yeah, I mean, you're just like 26-year-old kid, right? You want to play video games and just <laughs> hang out with your brother or whatever it is, right? And so uh, I think a lot of times people have this expectation you guys should be more mature or have like answers to things that maybe you don't, but ultimately you're just over here like, I'm just trying to figure out life still. Still, still, <laughs> still. But um, I think I have a lot of things figured out. Like I know my path, I know the things that I want to accomplish in life. Uh, um, you know, I believe in destiny. I believe that, you know, I believe in God and everything has already been planned for us. And for me, I'm just following along that path. Yeah, that's really cool, man. Yeah. That's very cool. So give us a little bit of an idea of what it was like as a little kid uh, where you grew up in Senegal. Where is that located in Africa? Is that on the west, west, west coast? West, all the way to the west um, by the Atlantic Ocean. Okay. So I grew up in Dakar, which the the capital even even further west. Um, but it, it was it's a very cool, Dakar is a cool city. You live by the water. You know, the weather is nice because of the ocean breeze. It gets hot. But the weather is still nice. Uh, the people there are great, very, 
you know, it's very like the culture there is very tight and people are very welcoming. Like um, there's a good sense of community back home. Mm -hmm. So, And so you grew up in a very tight community. Did you have a lot of um, like coaches and things in other sports or were you just like, did you play soccer? Or I played you? soccer. Everybody played soccer right, back home yeah. in Africa. So yeah, we, we played, we would play soccer pretty much all the time after school. Wow, was that tough being so tall trying to play soccer? Well, at some really, point, it doesn't really yeah, benefit you, right? at some point I had to stop. Um, <laughs> Probably a good goalie though. I wouldn't be a good goalie, but I played mostly forward. I never wanted to because it's it's not fun to just sit there and wait yeah. for the ball to come to you. <laughs> so I mostly was like, we try to be a forward, midfielder, no, because you just move around too much. Yeah, yeah, and defense sometimes, but yeah, um, it was I did. Also, like, my mom put me in some martial arts, uh, too. I did karate, I did taekwondo. It was probably really good for your athleticism for helping you later on, yeah? Uh, you could say that, but I think soccer was probably the biggest one. Yeah, that makes sense. So when the guy came over to recruit you, did he just see you playing soccer and see this guy that's seven foot two? And no, he like, just saw me. How to play he saw me, I was, I was tall. I mean, obviously, there's been plenty of people who've taught me, like, you should play basketball mm. and came to my parents, but I never really gave it a year. Um, I was really very focused on school and my mm. studies. Um, I was studying to become, like, a computer science major or engineering, so okay. that was my thing. And But at some point, I was like, we're going to have to try, and plus you get free education. Yeah, and that's what saw my mom to let me come over here. Okay, was it hard to trust this person that found you and recruited you, or how'd you know that you know that he had your best interests? I mean, you would never really know, but back home, like I said, there's a good sense of community, mm -hmm. and you know that wasn't the only time we talked. Um, he would come over to the house, like we kind of built a solid relationship to the point where okay, I could, I felt like I could trust this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, that makes sense. And so when you came over to the U.S., what was the most surprising thing to you? Uh, before I came to the U.S., I thought that every single city was like New York. Okay. Because, like, that's our L.A., because that's all you see <laughs> yeah, in the movies. Yeah, that's all you see in the movies, right? Yeah, you either see New York, L.A., or Vegas. <laughs> so, and then, you know, I went to Houston, and everything was just, like... Super flat. Flat, and there's a lot of land. Yeah. Uh, everything is just big. Yeah. So I was... Say so, okay, then you go from there to like Georgia and Tennessee. Went to Gatlinburg Mountains. Yeah. Uh, went to Florida. You see a lot of palm trees. So America is very very diverse. Everywhere yeah. You go. Everywhere you go. Yeah. That was, that, I would say that was my biggest surprise. Mm. How has uh, how's it how does it dating being seven foot six like? Do you uh, do you look for shorter girls or taller girls or does it not matter and is it weird being you know seven six? It's, I, you're kind of, I went out with Mama Ju a few times um, here with the Pump Brothers and you know it's like you see you know it's almost like every girl's kind of interested like hey what's going on with this guy he's so tall it's, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> they're very interested. Uh, when you get past a certain height, I don't think it really matters who you, how tall it is whoever you dating because everybody you're gonna date. Everyone's gonna seem short. It's gonna seem short. <laughs> But that's funny because I was I was on the phone with my girlfriend downstairs, and then I walk in and Mama does Mama do come on the phone. It's like Taco, who are you talking to? <laughs> the child's like, oh, he, he, blah, blah, blah. I started talking. That was funny. But yeah. Yeah. So when you walk into places there, you just kind of gotten used to people just staring just because how tall you are. Yeah, you just get used to it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, it's a good thing you play basketball because everybody would assume you did anyways, right? And they'd be asking you about it. Oh, yeah. That's the first thing they ask. <laughs> do, you, do you play basketball? What team do you play yeah, for? Yeah, yeah, Automatically assume. Sometimes I play with the answers a little bit. And I'm like, oh, I don't play basketball. I play soccer. Or <laughs> uh, do you, do you uh, what team do you play for? Like, no, I don't play. I yeah. Just... That's cool. So after basketball, do you want to be like a computer engineer? or do you? So that part, now, like, I just do it for fun. I mm-hmm. like to... Um, yeah, like I might invest into the tech world. Um, I'm learning more about it, but coding and stuff, I always thought it was fun. Yeah. Um, so it's just I, I've always been the one to like mess with electronics and stuff like that. Um, that's more on the engineering side. Yeah. And then obviously with computer science, like coding, and but yeah, um, I went online and. Not not too long ago, started trying to learn more languages like JavaScript and stuff. Is there a lot of opportunity for that back in Senegal? Is it pretty much like same as here as far as like engineering and computers and all? everybody has their own computers and things like that? Or? No, it's not like here. There's way more opportunities here um, okay. because they back home we don't necessarily have the means to be able to afford all those things. It's getting better, and that's something that I want to help with in the future too as well. Like being able to provide that kind of those kind of resources to like kids who want to pursue that kind of career yeah that's cool through sports because obviously i play yeah 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 what size shoe do you got there man things humongous uh, 22 22 <laughs> how do you get your shoes do you have to custom order them um these ones nike makes some but i i've been working with puma okay uh for the last couple of years and they just custom make them for they you. made they made me custom shoes that's pretty cool yeah do they make you different ones if you want, or are they all kind of the same? Um, so the mold that they made, got for me, it's the same type of shoe, but different kinds of like colors and patterns. Yeah, that's cool. And did you speak English before you came over to the U.S., or did no. you learn it once you got here? Yeah, I learned it once wow, I got you speak here. good. Oh, it took, took me like six months, I think. Wow, that's pretty quick. Yeah. I went to Mexico when I was 19, and I had to learn Spanish. It took me about six months before I felt like I was yeah. speaking the language. At three, at three, I was able to have a solid conversation. Yeah. And at six months, I was fluent. Was, did you go through this? I remember when I was first learning Spanish, and like I thought I learned the language. I thought I spoke it. And then I'd be in a conversation, and I didn't understand anything. It's like your ears got to get used to <laughs> Yeah, it's like all of a sudden starting over again. Yeah. Then you listen to movies or music and they talk so fast. Exactly. So you're like, what That's is going on? That's how English felt at first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet. What was the most challenging part of uh, of moving over here? To the to state? The US, yeah. yeah, just leaving my family. Yeah. Yeah, just leaving, leaving my family home. I think that was the biggest part to adjust to. Yeah. And so um, playing in, I mean, Boston Garden is one of the most iconic places in the world for yeah. basketball. Yeah. Um, what was your favorite part about playing in Boston? What was your favorite thing about the city? The fans, the organization I was with, um, just people that, you know, obviously basketball, especially the NBA, is a business. Mm-hmm. But it's very rare you are in a situation where you know it's still a business, but they still care, you know, for you as a person. Sure. And I feel like, you know, Boston was that for me. And I, I enjoyed my time there. Like, those guys and the teammates I've, I've had there, some of them are now my best friends. That's cool. Who was your favorite player on the team or your best friend on the team? I had a couple. 
um, Grant Williams, mm. um, him and I are still close. We're supposed to be together right now um, in London, but I wasn't able to make the trip. Oh, wow. um, Jason, yeah. him and I are really close. Jalen, him and I are very, very close because we kind of think alike. So especially in, we spend a lot of time in the bubble. I think that's when we really got even closer. And then Ennis, he's not there anymore, but he's- Cantor? Yes. Yeah, I kind of like him, he's, man. He's, Ennis, uh, Ennis is kind of a, he's, he's one of our closest friends. I tell him all the time, Ennis is crazy, but he's- um, he, I like that he's not afraid to stand up for something. He got a good heart. Yeah. Yeah, he got a good heart and his, in, his intentions are, are pure. He yeah. just, he's, he's a little crazy. He's not afraid to call out the hypocrisy of the NBA. Oh, I'm not going to speak about that part. <laughs> You know that's that's, that's probably best. <laughs> that's not that's that's not my concern. And this is my friend. You yeah. know I you know he's my friend. I stay stick by him. And that's cool. He's well, whatever he needs to do, he needs to do. But that won't get in between that. Yeah, no, no, no. That's probably, <laughs> that's probably best. Well, as far as watching the Celtics play in the NBA Finals this year, was that tough to watch? It's like all your teammates, or were you cheering them on pretty hard? I was cheering for Boston. Of course, yeah. Yeah, I was. All I your was. buddies. Right? I was hoping they would win. I thought they were going to win. Yeah. Yeah, it was a perfect matchup for them. But what do you think? What do you think happened? Experience. Mm. Yeah, Golden State being there. Get a lot of experience. Yeah, Steph Curry on the team. But yeah, <laughs> that's tough. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so, I mean, you, your first year, your rookie year, was the pandemic year. Is that correct? Uh yes. And so, I mean, when the day that all happened, you know, it's beginning of March. All of a sudden, just all hell breaks loose. What What was going on with you? Oh man, we. So my first year, I was in between the G League and um, and Boston. So mm-hmm. I would get assigned to play with Maine Breklaws and play play. I play a lot of games there, and I would go back to Boston sometimes. So when everything shut down, I was on a trip. I was in Philly with. Um, I was assigned with the G League team, and mm-hmm. we had a game in Philly. So after the game. I was supposed to come back to Boston, not fly back with, in Maine, but just go straight to Boston. So I got there. Luckily, I was able to leave before everything shut down. Mm. So I came back. I was at a hotel. And all of a sudden, things started trending on Twitter. It's like, you see, the I think it was the Jazz Go Bear, yeah, it was the Jazz. They, they, they cleared everything out, and everything was just on hold. And all of a sudden, you just things start getting worse. I was like, oh, luckily I left Philly like I was here. <laughs> but it was a crazy, crazy couple of months. Then you had to quarantine. Yeah. I so just, w- did you play with Boston in the f- playoffs that year in the bubble? Yes. So what was the experience of being in the bubble? What'd you, what would you guys do all day? Go to the pool. Really? Yes. We'd be at the pool every day. I think our team was probably one of the teams that would just, we would all be together all the time. Mm. Um, we'd go to the pool. Uh, some of the young guys, like, we would ride bikes around. Um, some of the older guys would go golfing. Um, you were all in the same resort area, though, yes, right? Yes, Was it all the teams were staying there? Yes. And so you would see the guys from the other teams all day? See every, everybody. Oh, wow. <laughs> everybody. Okay. Luckily, no fight broke out. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> did you get close to guys on other teams, too, or did you mostly stick to your own team? I had friends from other teams. Like, mm-hmm. we was, I would see them. We were just... You know, we might see each other hang out, but I was mostly with um, people from my team. And like I said, that's where I I was friends with some of them, like close friends, but we got even closer during the bubble because we just hung out so much. Sure. Well, it's one of the 
things like in life, you know, we get these things that happen to us that we think are terrible, like a pandemic, but uh, some good always can come out of it. Yeah. It's what you focus on. In this case, you got to get close to a lot of those guys. Yeah. And so when you were playing in the bubble, was it harder to play with no fans, just kind of weird? It was very weird. Um, I don't think people, some people don't really respect what, like, because there's really no pressure there. Right. So a lot of people were free, and then, you know, you see a lot of people play the way that you've never seen them play. <laughs> right. Uh, but to me, it was a good experience. It was fun. It was hard the first two, three weeks mm -hmm. to adjust, but then after that, uh, once you get into a routine and you start playing games, uh, you have a set schedule and everything. And you weren't allowed to leave at all while you were in there, right? Uh, no, no. And you weren't allowed to have your family visit until the playoffs started. Right. And did you, uh, did you guys go far in those playoffs at all? I can't remember. We went all the way to the conference finals. Oh, okay. So you yeah. were there for a while? Yeah. Who beat you that year? Miami. Okay. Yeah, they ended up playing in the finals, I yes. guess, against the Lakers, yeah. right? Nice. Well, uh, so what's next for you, man? Are you, uh, do you have some teams that it looks like it's going to catch on with? I got some interest. Um, let my agent do the work and yeah. then come back to me and just pretty much give me my options, wherever it may be. As long as I'm still playing yeah. and, and enjoying myself, because that's the biggest thing. Sometimes you get lost in, into the business so much, like it can get stressful. But for me, I just try to stay positive and I just enjoy it and have fun through the process. Yeah. Like I said, I'm still young. No, I'm still fighting for certain things. Yeah, just play, have fun, wherever it may be. So you just work on your game all day? Um, just right now, like I, I took a little bit of a break. Um, mm -hmm. I, right after the season ended, I just went right, right to work. Mm -hmm. That's usually what I do. I think this is the first year where I took some time and be like, okay, I need to uh, revamp. And so, I'm, yeah, I'm always working. That's cool, man. Who is the hardest player to play against for you? Joel Embiid. Oh, really? Yes. Just a beast. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's good. What about uh, Gobert? Where did he fall in line of the people you played against centers? Rudy, Rudy is, uh, you, there's not a lot of people that can score on Rudy. Like, his presence, especially on the defensive end, is just, there's not a lot of people like him. That's yeah. why he's been defensive player of the year, like, for so many times. And um, I actually think people don't give him the respect he deserves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think because uh, I'm from Utah, and so it's you know we see him every day, and I think the fans are going to be surprised at just how they're going to realize just oh, how important miss, he they're was. Gonna miss, they're going to miss Rudy. Yeah, they are. They are. They not the, the the whole defense was. They had one of the best defenses in in the league, and it's because of Rudy. Right. Right. That's cool, man. Well, being seven six, you got a good opportunity to do all the things. I, do you have a favorite play? You've been able to swat somebody that tried to come in on you before, like a favorite moment? Uh, West, uh, Wessel. Westbrook? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you got to posterize him a little bit? No, he tried to dunk on me and I blah, blah. <laughs> Sent it back to him? It was, it was a good, because it's like, I'm a, I'm a big fan of all those guys. Like, yeah. You, you, since I got to America, you hear about these guys, you watch them on TV and then you get to share the core with them, you have a play against them. It's, you know, it's like, oh, like, I'm here, I, I did this, and, you know, all these guys that you have a lot of respect for. Right. That's cool, man. Well, dude, it's uh, it's good to get to know you a little bit and talk to you a bit. I'll be cheering for you, and, um, yeah, man, we'll see you out there, hopefully, on the court this year. Yeah, thank you. All right, Taco, thanks, my man. You got it.
Thanks again for listening to this podcast. Uh, and this podcast was brought to you by Steve DeYoung over at Trillion Mortgage. I've, I've sold thousands of homes in my real estate career, and there's nobody I trust more than Steve over at Trillion Mortgage. So reach out to him, give him a call if you're looking to f- refinance your home or to maybe buy a new property. Again, thank you for listening to the podcast. If you liked what you heard, do me a favor. This is a, this is a free podcast. The one thing I ask of my audience is to leave me a review. This just helps me to get better and better guests to let more people know about this show so they too can benefit from the Jimmy Rex show. Thank you again for listening and we will talk to you on the next episode.